You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Amen. Incredible. You want to take your seats. Hey, it's good to see you. Everyone doing okay? Good, good, good. Does anyone love watching films? Yeah, I love I love watching films. Um, I um, I watched the Super Bowl a couple of uh, weeks ago, not really for the the football, but more for the fact that you get to see trailers or new trailers of up and coming films before they go out anywhere else. Because uh, I, I, it's like so many films, and what I love about films is, or not necessarily films, but sometimes in books or in conversations, is when this suddenly happens, where you're watching the film and you think you know what's going to happen, then all of a sudden, suddenly or immediately, or you're talking to somebody and they use words like, and then out of nowhere. It's like, as the audience, we, we kind of, we like those words or phrases because it means that something's happening. Something's about to happen. Something good, something crazy, something unexpected. We kind of know what's going to happen. Then all of a sudden, there is a plot twist. Ooh, a plot twist. I love a good plot twist, and this is probably my favorite cinematic plot twist. It should come up on screen right now. Fingers crossed, maybe. It is Empire Strikes Back. Um, it is one of my favorite. I do have others, but I can't, I can't talk about them on the stage because then I'd have to advocate what that plot twist was in the film that I can't talk about on a Sunday. Uh, I'm not, it's not rude or bad or anything, don't worry. Uh, so in Richmond, I shared this, and then like loads of people came to me after and was like, there's a much better plot twist than that. I'm like, yes, but have you seen the rating of that film? I'm not talking about it on the stage because it means I have to endorse it. That's not what I'm doing. I'm endorsing Star Wars, okay? Um, and that, it's just that moment, isn't it, where Luke is being trained to take on Darth Vader, and then Darth Vader comes and sideswipes him with the plot twist of, I am your father. And it's like, whoa, you don't drop that in the second film. And it's incredible. It's one of cinema's great plot twists. But plot twists, they can make us cheer. They can make us uh, kind of like uneasy. They can make us kind of feel what is happening. The whole dynamic of the story changes when the plot twist happens. Now here's a question I want to ask you is, do you ever feel right now or in the moment or recently you're in a plot twist moment? That life seems to be going great or you're happily doing your thing, your day-to-day life and all of a sudden, bam, you're hit by something, something happens. Something surprising, something amazing, something indifferent, something bad, something sad, something fun. And we're left thinking, what has just happened there? I was, I, everything seemed right, and now this plot twist has happened in my life. How do I get myself here? What is this all about? And this is where I want to bed ourselves today, is in the, in the idea of, of how do we navigate the plot twist? How do we navigate the plot twist when in life everything seems to be going well, and then bam, we're hit by illness. We're hit by financial pressures. We're hit by, we're hit by thoughts. We're hit by different things. Well, but, what, but what about the plot twist? Is there something more in it? 
That's what I want to look at today. This, um, someone shared this quote online a couple of days ago uh, as I was preparing my, my preach, and it says this. When, whilst, uh, when something goes wrong in your life, just shout out plot twist and move on. I like the idea of it. You know, just the amount of people walking around going, plot twist, and then just, just move on. But the more I thought about it, the more I kind of tended to disagree with the statement. Not just, well, plot twist and move on, but actually plot twist and go with it. Go with it, because the more I thought, the more I questioned, the more I had a realization, but what if the plot twist is not here to cause us to stumble, but to make us aware of God's plan, or to guide us back onto God's plan for our life? Is there a hidden agenda behind my plot twist. This is what I look at tonight. In the Bible, there is so called, there is so many so-called uh, plot twists. Think of Sarah and Abraham. Hundred-year-old-plus couple. Surely, they were too old to conceive a child. Even just, let's not think about it. But plot twist, plot twist is they do. They have a son. And, he's, and, and Abraham is crowned as the father of many nations. Saul, who was on his way to persecute Christians, had his plot twist moment on the way to Damascus. He was, his heart was set in one way. He gets literally sideswiped by this light that makes him blind. And he, his whole life changes and he becomes the biggest uh, preacher and advocate for Christianity. Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. Plot twist, he becomes a famous dream interpreter and the second in command to Pharaoh. What about Moses? You know, I've had to write Moses down because there's so many of them. He was born a, a Hebrew baby. Let's start again. He was a Hebrew baby by who? By order of the king was supposed to be killed at birth. Plot twist one, he wasn't. His mother places him in a basket near the river. Plot twist two, Pharaoh's daughter... The guy who's, meant to, who's ordered his death, his daughter finds him and ends up paying his mother to nurse him. Incredible. And then plot twist three, he ends up not only growing up under the Pharaoh's daughter and Pharaoh, but also later he leads the Hebrews out of slavery. Plot twists. And the biggest one in the Bible is Jesus. Jesus who we celebrated Christmas and Easter, who was born... And then around Easter, in a couple of weeks' time, when we get to celebrate again the incredible power of his death and his resurrection. The, the, the biggest plot twist in history. We thought he was dead. Three days later, he rose again so that we could have eternal life, that we could have a relationship. I don't know about you, but if, that, if you're a Christian now, that's worth praising God for. Ah, oh, yes. Come on. But... There's a plot twist I want to look at today, and I want you to parallel it with our lives, and I want to look at it uh, with kind of like our own eyes of like, okay, that happened to them. Is that parallel to me? What can I learn from that for when the plot twist happens in my life? How can I find God in those moments? It's found in Acts 16. So if you've got your Bible, you want to turn it today. But before the verse comes up on screen... Thank you. <laughs> Before it comes up on screen, this is, this is what we know. So uh, it's the account of uh, Paul and Silas um, as they, when they go to prison. So th they are on their way 
to pray. They go into a place of prayer. And now all of a sudden, as on their way, they get joined by this small girl, this girl, this slave girl who is demon-possessed and has the ability to predict the future. And she's heckling them. She heckles them for several days to the point where it says in Acts that Paul got so annoyed, he cast the demon out of her. Um, incredibly annoyed for that to happen. Uh, and, I, you know, I've got children, and they peck my head sometimes uh, and stuff. But to get to that level, it was like, right, demon out. And she gets healed, and it's incredible. She gets to live her life. But her slave owners aren't happy because they realize the loss of income, the loss of money. And this is where we pick it up. In Acts uh, chapter 16, starting from verse 19, it says this. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept our practice. Verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown in prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Wow, let's let's pause it there before we read anymore. Incredible, They they were just going to pray. They were going to, they were just wanting to go and pray and spend some time with God and other, and other Christians. And then they get sideswiped for healing, doing a good thing, healing this demon-possessed girl. Uh, but then they were f- beaten, they were stripped, they were flogged, and they were thrown in prison. They went from being doing, I just want to pray, to being in prison. I don't know about you, but just for the sake of the story, that was their plot twist. That was their moment where... Everything seemed right, and now I'm in prison. You know, I've, I've never had a moment where I've done something great and powerful and then been thrown in prison. Some of you may be thankful for that, uh, or not. But I, but I have been in times where I've been in incredible times of worship or uh, heard incredible preachers, and my life has changed, and I feel closer to God, and I've seen him do, uh, God do healings, and my faith has been developed but then the next day, I'm sideswiped by a text message. Or the next day, I'm up all night because certain thoughts seem to uh, ruminate around my head. That everything seems to be going great. I'm full of faith, and this is the way I want to go. But then a plot twist happens. And what do we do at that moment when the plot twist comes, when the circumstance comes, or, or when those thoughts come back? How do, what do we do? How do we learn to see Jesus in the unexpected moments? How do we continue to see Jesus in the plot twist, in the change of pace that we were, or the change of circumstance we were believing for? How do we keep sight of God in the plot twist? At this moment, I realized that for me, that I can't depend on myself, but God. That, you know, the plot twist has come, so what all I can do I, I, like, historically, what I will do is I will try and fix it. I will try and do whatever I can to fix the problem I am going through. Things that are happening at the moment, I'm like, if I do this, and if I do this, I can do this. If I do this, then everything 
physically all my ducks will be in a row. I may be shattered at the end of it uh, and that, but I think I've got, I've got it covered. But that's just me trying to do it in my own strength. Rather than focusing on God, it says this in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So for me, when the plot twist happens, I need to stop, assess where's this coming from, what's it for, and then I need to take the dependence off myself onto God and I need to cry out to him. I need to cry out to God. I need to say, God, I don't know what is happening. Why, why, why is this going on? Please, God, show me what is happening. Please help me to find you in this moment. Because the next verse in Proverbs 3, verse 6 says this, In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Incredible. If I acknowledge God, if I trust with all my heart, lean not on my understanding, if I acknowledge him, he will make my path straight. When I take the focus off myself and seek God is then I need to have the faith to trust him, to trust him in the re- for the reason, trust him in the season and trust him and see is there a purpose behind all of this? Is there a purpose behind my plot twist? Is there a reason for the way that I'm feeling or the way I am here? What is it all about? You know, was there a purpose to Paul's imprisonment? Was there a purpose to why he ended up in prison? The next part of the verse in 27 says this in a second, but what we know is once they were in prison, they were, they were worshiping, and as they worshiped and praised God, there was an incredible uh, earthquake that threw off all the doors and, and caused all their chains and their shackles to come off. Then we pick up, up in verse 27, it says this, the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At the hour of night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. Incredible. They've gone from being saved to being baptized in, what, a couple of hours? The jailer brought them um, into his house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. Incredible. What started off as a plot twist, as they were going on to pray, they ended up going to prison, comes about through their faith and their praise and their focus on God. The purpose, that was very loud in my ear, the purpose was revealed itself. They went from being, why am I here, to being praying for the jailer. A good thing led to prison, led to the jailer's life, led to his family, which led to his whole family being saved. Incredible. That that became his purpose. Their moment in prison and confinement led the way for people to find freedom. Not just the jailer, his whole family. 
I love that. I love that God cares about families. He cares about all our families. Those, who be, those of you who are believing now for loved ones who don't know God yet, God still cares. God still believes. You know, just he's saying maybe in the plot twist at the moment, keep praying, keep believing. God does everything for a reason. We know this. We preached this before. He does everything for a reason. He does everything for the good of those who love him. Now, at the moment, it doesn't feel like maybe when your plot twist that God loves you because it hurts or your plot twist moment or your circumstance you may find yourself in just, it feels hard. It, it feels like you've got no end in sight. But I truly believe that your current plot twist is a chance for God to bring about a new purpose in your life. And maybe there is a new way or a new opening or a new agenda or a new circumstance or a new job or a new relationship is going to come into your life. Your greatest chapter may very well still be waiting to be written. What I've learned from my plot, plot twists and when God is bringing about his purpose in my life, God bringing his purpose in my life is, is firstly, it's one, it's God always has the best in store for me. God only wants to have the best in store for me. In Jeremiah 29, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. To God's purposes are to give me the best. But also, what I'm believing more and more is that God won't stop in finishing what he has started in us. Or he won't stop until he's finished everything that he has for us. Philippines 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He has a plan for you. He will make that plan straight if you acknowledge him. And thirdly, just for purpose, God wants to do good to us. Incredible. God only wants to do good to us. Jeremiah 32.40 I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. And I will inspire them to fear me. So they will never turn away from me. Incredible. God has a purpose for our life. And I'm more and more aware of my plot twist is purposeful in the hands of a perfect God. That my plot twist, although it feels painful, there is purpose behind it because God, who holds it all together, loves me and only wants the best for me. And in that moment, I need to trust and believe. I can't do it by myself. I just need to focus on God in the middle of the plot twist and the praise. But what do we do in the middle? Our plot twist moment is happening. Or maybe we've not got to our purpose or his, God's agenda hasn't revealed itself. So what do we do in the middle when in the middle it feels hard? When it feels painful? When in the middle, however many meters it is to that A3 piece of paper, time-wise could be a week, a month, a year, for Paul and Silas, what was it? 24 hours? Maybe less, maybe more? What do we do in the middle? What do we do here? 
Let's revisit this Acts again. Acts 16, it says this. It says this from verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaked. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. In the middle, they praised. In the middle, they worshipped. They prayed in the middle of the unknown and they focused on God. Let's go back to those first two words of that verse. About midnight. Ooh. About midnight. I realize I asked the band to assemble at this point, and it's pitch black. So uh, if you hear any clattering, I'm sorry. About midnight. Midnight is the darkest part of the night. Maybe you are in a about midnight moment where it feels like you are in the darkest part of your plot twist. But what do we do? What do we see uh, Paul and Silas doing? They were worshiping God. Even in the darkness, even in the hardships, even in the pain, they were worshiping God. And as they worshiped, as they put God, uh, God first took him at his word, as they were singing hymns and psalms and hymns even, if they were singing hymns and praying, there was just this collective sense of faith that happened. And when suddenly the earthquake came, and it says that the jailer asked for lights to be turned on. Maybe, ah, there we go. Uh, the jailer asked for lights to be turned on and he came back to them. Say, what is happening? What is going on? Praise at the darkest moments, I truly believe is the, the rawest, truest form of praise. Praise when it hurts. Praise when all you want to do is feel sorry for yourself. Well, all I want to do, I don't want to worship God. I just want to have a pity party. I want other people, I want to find other people that feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for me. And just kind of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is really bad. No, I, but praise in the midnight hours. Praise in the darkest is when praise is the most rawest. Praise is the most powerfulest. And it has the ability to shake the foundations. Praise that focus off the twists of the, and the surroundings, off circumstance, and directed their gaze onto focus onto God. Paul and Silas had this belief that screamed, I don't know why I'm here or why I'm in this state. I don't know matter what the, the surrounding is, no matter what the issue is, I'm going to praise. They were beaten. They were flogged. And now they were chained with nowhere to go. They knew that they, they were chained and they couldn't move. Their legs were chained, but their mouths weren't chained. They meant that they could pray. They meant that they could worship. They meant that they could praise. Incredible. And then we read on that actually they get released the next morning out of prison. The first thing they do is that they go to Lydia's house with where other brothers and sisters in the faith are. And they start praising God again for what had just happened. That their plot twist caused them to praise 
to bring about the purpose. And then after the purpose happened, they praised it even more. Let me tell you about what happened. Let me tell you about my last 24 hours. I was only going to place to pray, and I ended up in prison. But then the whole family of the jailer came to know Jesus. Come on, let's worship God. Can you imagine the, the excitement and anticipation in that room because they were praising God together? So just before we finish, where would you say you are today? Where do you find yourself? Plot twist, purpose, in the middle. Wherever you are, I strongly advise praise and prayer and worship. If you're lost, praise. If you're hurting, praise. If you're in prison, praise. Praise until the purpose is revealed. And then guess what? Praise even more. Praise because he got you through it. Praise because you know there's going to be another plot twist that may come in the future. And if God got you through this one, he can get you through the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. Praise until the purpose is revealed. Praise is to trust God to write your story. It's to focus off now and put your focus on God. Praise is laying aside the circumstance and focusing on God. You know, you can't do a message on praise without creating an environment and a moment to praise, to worship. So you want to stand, and I really believe what we're going to do now is I want to create a couple of moments and encounter times where we can press in to God, to press into his presence. Some of you may be in a plot twist moment and you don't know what to do. Then I'm encouraging now as we worship again is to do whatever you need to to get into that encounter place with God. Maybe it's to get away from the chairs. Maybe it's to come down at the front. Maybe it's to find a space and you get into a position where you can focus on God but have a position where you can receive from God as well. And then I want to pray for some individuals. But now let's really center ourselves in what God wants to do in this place just for the next few minutes. So let's lift our hands. Before we start singing, let's lift up our own praise. Lift up our own voices. Start thanking him for who he is. Thank him for what he's done. The life he's given you. The way he has come through for you in the past. Let that be your praise. It declares in Psalm 100 to enter into his courtyards with praise. Come before him with thanksgiving and praise. So let that be on your tongue. Be on your voice now. Thanksgiving. God, thank you for who I am. Thank you, Lord God, that you are my father. Thank you, Lord God, that you are my creator. Thank you, Lord God, you have been there holding my life through thick and thin, Lord God. I praise you for who you are, Lord Jesus. Come on, church, let's praise him now in this place. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.